Ruth looked up, her gaze steady, fully aware of how it infuriated the woman to be stared at. Her expression said that she understood exactly what the teacher was saying and thought it rubbish. I understand, Miss Kemp. The teacher flushed deeply and walked away, turning her attention back to the rest of the class. Miss Kemp was the first person Ruth disliked, disliking her attitude as much as her appearance, her milk-wave face and cream-coloured hair which was never really tidy. Ruth also realised that she wasn't that much older than herself, which made it doubly difficult to take her seriously. For Miss Kemp's part, she understood only that Ruth Gordon was stubborn and resentful. Ruth was thirteen when she entered Miss Kemp's class and fourteen when she left it, having learned no more than a couple of good textbooks could have told her more quickly and with less aggravation. Her mother knew she was unsettled at school, but, being overworked and overtired, was never deeply curious. "'You have a good day, Ruth. Fine. Everything going well,' she continued, unpacking the shopping bag and bending down to put something in the cupboard under the sink. A copy of the Oldham Chronicle was lying on the kitchen table, its front page spotted with rain. "'Yeah, everything's fine.' She straightened up and looked over to her daughter. "'Are you sure?' Of course, I'd tell you otherwise, wouldn't I? Ruth answered, glancing back to the paper. She knew the reply was enough to reassure her mother, enough to absolve her of worry. Poverty had been Ruth's closest companion from birth, and as a child she had cried as she was carried to her grandmother's along dark streets in early mornings where her mother had to go to work. Her father, Jack Gordon, worked long, hard hours for the corporation, but there was never enough money, and his wages had to be supplemented by his wife's. Knowing that so much depended on her, Lillian worked hard running the shop, sometimes taking on jobs elsewhere to keep their heads above water. In later years, Ruth understood her situation, but then it was hard to explain to a child why it was carted about from one home to another, why it was carried in a blanket to a cold house on the other side of town. If Ruth had dared, she would have asked to stay with Grandma Price in the tiny house on Mapleshore Road, safe with a coal fire with her Talamanca cat, but she never questioned Lillian, and night after night she would be wakened and taken home. With very little effort, Ruth could still feel the chill of the night air on her face and the sense of the damp blanket against her skin. When they got back, the fire had always gone out, and as she fell asleep, the kettle whistled into her dreams. Lillian believed she'd done the best for her daughter, who never said otherwise, but when Jack Gordon came home from work in the evenings, it was to him that Ruth turned. Come on, flower, let your dad take you out. Don't let her get cold, Lillian shouted at him, glad to be rid of them so she could get down to do some work at the shop. He winked at Ruth. But I let my little girl catch cold. Well, mind you don't, was her familiar parting shot. In perfect unison, they set off for a walk. There were numerous places they could have gone. Oldham Edge, the high ground where they could look out to the Pennines and over to shore, counting the mills which loomed out of the hollows, stretching away from the tight little towns around their feet. Or they could have gone to Tommy Fields and the open-air market. Ruth liked it there. She didn't even mind the rain on Tommy Fields. Not if it was only a light drizzle and she could shelter under the tarpaulins. And in the winter, when the days were really short before Christmas, they lit naphtha flares, hanging them on the stalls where they hissed in the darkness. There were many places they could have gone, but they always went to the park where Jack Gordon worked in the gardens. 
There he walked around holding his daughter's hand, a tall man in a raincoat and trilby, pulled rakishly down over his forehead, ever since the time someone had told him he looked like Ray Milland. As they walked, he pointed to each of the trees, telling Ruth their names and how big they would grow. This one should make twenty feet. Twenty feet, she repeated, her voice rising with excitement. He warmed to his subject. Maybe bigger, maybe thirty. Thirty, she said softly. That was huge, wasn't it? Thirty feet. Surely that was close to God. Jack Gordon looked down at his daughter and winked. He was proud of the skinny child next to him, proud of her poise. Class, Grandma Price called it. He knew that Ruth was too shy, knew that Lillian gave her little affection, but at least she had taught her manners.